Hello, can we please talk about UFC Vegas 59, UFC Fight Night, whatever the hell it is, ESPN Fight Night, fuck knows. Uh, Thiago Santos against Jamal Hill in the main event. That is, that's a good main event. It's, it, I've got a feeling it might be one-sided, but still, it's going to be a fun one. It's one that I'm looking forward to. There are also some other fights on here that I am looking forward to. If you're new to this, what I like to do on these Burt Locker fights in 15 is I take a few of the fights that have jumped out off the page at me, uh, have a look at who's fighting who, do a little bit of background information into the fighters, have a look at who I think, you know, well, just do some research into the fighters, basically. And then what I do is I often identify the bet that you should make, and then I make my own terrible bets because I like to keep those odds long and those bets terrible. But the research is all there. The re so, you know, you can make your own mind up. I'd, I'd always advocate just, you know, just take, take what I've done looking into these fighters and then just, you know, do what you want on the bet insights but yeah if all that sounds good then stay with me for the Burt Locker fights in 15 for UFC Vegas 59 so we're gonna start off in the heavyweight division this is quite an interesting one because Augusto Sakai versus Sergei Spivak they're both big lumps and they both like to swing uh, which is it basically why I want to see this fight. Now, Sakai is an interesting one because he started to become a little bit of a boogeyman of the heavyweight division for a little while because he started, he, he debuted and he went on a four-fight win streak, knocking off the likes of Chase Sherman, Andrei Arlovsky, uh, Marcin Taibura and, and Ivanovov. Now, uh, Arlovsky, the Arlovsky one, yeah, okay, but Taibura, looking at how good Taibura has been lately, you know, you've got to kind of say uh, that that's quite an impressive win. Uh, got two knockouts, two decisions in those. He's got good hands, does, um, does Sakai. However, he then, because he was being touted as a bit of a boogeyman, he got put up against some pretty good competition in Alistair Overeem, Rosenstroik, and Taitu Ivasa, losing all three of those in by knockout. So he's off the back of three losses. Now, People are asking, uh, has Sakai's ability to take a shot just deserted him or were they just bad matchups? I think, honestly, it was a little bit of both in that because uh, when you look at it, he's just, you know, it's not like they're, they're, they were pretty good guys that he was getting knocked out against. Now, my main problem with Augusto Sakai is that he's a little bit static. He's a little bit on the static side when he throws. Uh, he mixes in the leg kicks pretty well. He has got a pretty nice low kick when he chooses to throw it. But a lot of the time he can be relatively flat-footed and uh, because of that, just, it, just his movement's not not brilliant. Now, Sergei Spivak standing across from him, the polar bear, is someone that I've been watching for a while. He's he's just one of those guys that's always kind of dangerous. He really is. He's He is a finisher. You know, he's got a lot of knockouts, a lot of um, uh, submissions. So, uh, let's have a quick look. at. So, yeah, he is a finisher. It's like 14 out of 12 wins he's finished. Right? No. Yeah. Out of, sorry, 12 out of 14. 14 out of 12 wins fucking idiot but uh 12 out of 14 wins he has finished and i think it's a 50 50 split actually between submissions and uh and uh, knockouts so you you can't pick your poison uh opponent they these guys have in common obviously tied to Ivasa knocked uh augusto sakai out but when he fought sergey spivak sergey spivak uh got him in a very nice arm triangle got the submission so he actually finished uh tied to Ivasa. and he's just 
Yeah, he's he's just very good. He's quite good at winning those kind of 50-50 slugfests as well, is old Sergei Spivak. He's just a tough guy who can take a shot. He'll eat a shot to give a shot. And he his his chin has, for the most part, uh, withstood, the test, uh, withstood the test. But Sakai's has not. Now, my thoughts on Augusto Sakai and Spivak in terms of outcome is that my... Augusto Sakai started to run into trouble when he ran into those high-level strikers like your Rosenstroiks and your Overeems. And Tui Vasa is very, very good on the feet as well. Now, Sergei Spivak, he's less of a specialist, more of an all-round MMA guy. I don't think his striking is at a level that... I think it's going down to kind of... <sighs> I'm trying to say this respectfully to Spivak. Spivak's really good. I really do rate him. But his stand-up is not on like an elite level like your Rosenstroiks and your Alistair Overeems. It's just, it's not quite there. I think that, that Sakai is going to have much more success on the feet in this one. And I think if it stays on the feet, Sakai's got a good chance. So, looking at this, look, the smart bet here would be Spivak to get the finish because... He is just very good at finishing. I would lean towards the submission. I think that that's. I think that would be the path of least resistance for Spivak in this one. In, to, in all honesty, but I've got no interest. I've got no interest in in placing a smart bet. I'm just not interested in that. So I'm going to go with Augusto Sakai. A resurgence for Augusto Sakai. Four to one. Terrible bet. Absolutely awful. So. The next uh, fight I'm going to be breaking down, you've got the former boogeyman of the 170-pound division, Vicente Luque, taking on Jeff Hands of Steel, Neil. And this should be a really good one. This fight pick is exclusively on my Patreon. So if you would like to see this breakdown, go and head over there and uh, check out that breakdown. Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. This is a very interesting fight because I really like Jamal Hill. Um, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Tiago Santos as well. But when you start reading into it, he's not as good as people kind of, I don't know, I feel like his close loss to John Jones made him a kind of, made him a much better fighter in a lot of people's eyes than his record is kind of suggests. Now, You've got, you've got them both coming in at 205. My problem with Thiago Santos at 205 is he used to be a middleweight. He used to fight a middleweight and he used to fight there fairly comfortably. And he's, he often ends up being a little bit undersized uh, like heavyweight. Now, obviously, he doesn't have to have as big a cut. But I don't think Jamal Hill has a particularly bad weight cut. But when you look at his stature, he's 6'4", 79-inch reach. Across from Thiago Santos, who's 6'2", with a 76-inch reach. That's going to be... A problem because one of Jamal Hill's best weapons it's like a he throws it almost like a jab but he turns it into a hook from the left side it's really nice it's a really nice punch and the thing with Jamal Hill is he hits different he hits people differently than regular people because you see people's faces change like their expression changes when he hits them they're like whoa what the fuck is this you saw it with Ivan St. Pru Ivan St. Pru tasted some of that power you look at like Jamal Hill it's not like he's a big rippling muscle guy he doesn't look like a power puncher but he generates so much power because he he more like hits you and it hurts more than anything and like you could see that with Ivan St. Pru 
uh, Jimmy Crute as well. Very, very impressive wins. Obviously, he got um, his only loss, actually. He's, he's 10-1. and one. His only loss was that loss to uh, Paul Craig. But I think that should have gone... It's, it's going down as a TKO. I think it should have gone down as a sub because basically Paul Craig like, dislocated his arm. But... Thiago Santos' record is not... 22 and 10. I mean, he loses nearly half the time. That's... I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm just looking at, at what actually... What his record is. Don't get me wrong, I like Thiago Santos. He's fun to watch. He's just one of those big, like, heavy Muay Thai guys who goes in there to go to war. But unless he's fighting Magomed and Kalaev, in which case they'll just kind of stand around for... Three, four, five rounds. Either, either way, so no. I'm not going back into that. Still boring fight, though. Anyway, hopefully Thiago Santos can bounce back with at least a, a better performance. But I think, actually, if he opens up against Jamal Hill, I think he's going to get really clipped. I don't... I don't watch this guy... The, watch Thiago Santos pull one out of the bag now, because I'm going to say this, and I shouldn't, but I don't really see any way that Thiago Santos wins this fight. I just, I really don't. I feel like he's at a massive disadvantage height and reach-wise. I feel like that Jamal Hill is going to not only take advantage of that, but he's going to hit him so hard that Santos is not going to want anything to do with it. And I just, as much as I like... Thiago Santos. When you look at the guys that he's fought as well, he, he beat Manawa when Manawa's chin was basically already gone. Jan Blakovic is an impressive win. But then you've got... Um, yeah, I, I do think, actually, to a certain to a certain extent, Jamal Hill's wins are quite a bit more impressive. Like over at St. Prue, Crew and Walker. Finished them all. He knocked Walker into another dimension. Look at that shit, right? Look at Walker. It, it was... It was he, he is devastating. Absolutely devastating. So... For me, I am going with the fact that, and the, the only the other problem is Thiago. Even when he was like kind of winning, like that was before his double knee surgery. Since then, we've just not seen him like be able to move around very well. Like even against Johnny Walker, like that he beat Johnny Walker, beat him to a decision, and he was okay, but he was he was not moving anywhere near the same way that he used to. And I don't know. And at the age of thirty-eight, I don't know if he's going to get back to that or not. And he needs to if he's fighting somebody as good as Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, he hits different. I've said it time and time again, but there is something different about the way he hits people. He's able to like throw with such speed and he throws things fairly straight as well until he hooks around the end it's like a kind of almost jab hook that he throws it's really really good and I just personally don't see any way that Thiago Santos wins this one but I think it'll be fun to watch anyway because Jamal Hill so he puts on performances Do you know I mean? he flatlines people he just he's he's a real Real uh, good prospect to watch. So, look, I am going to take Jamal Hill by knockout. The odds are absolutely trash. 1.67. You're getting less than even money on picking the specific method of the victory, which is just stupid. That is dumb to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, it's... Look, Thiago Santos has got a chance. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's got a chance. I just don't think it's a particularly good one uh, because I just, I rate Jamal Hill very, very highly. So that is my pick, Jamal Hill by knockout. And I've got some side bets on because smiling Sam Alvey is having his last hurrah in the octagon. He's fighting out his contract. He's, he's off. He hasn't had a win in his last eight fights, guys. 
and he's still on the roster. I love Sam Alvey. I'm a huge fan of his. I think it'll be a sad day when he hangs it up. I think that he is, if he doesn't hang it up, he's headed to another promotion after tomorrow night. So yeah, all the best to him. Look at this guy. Brilliant. I'm taking Sam Alvey to win. It's five to one. I'm taking that just because, just because it's, you know, he's a fun fighter. I enjoy watching him. And, you know, just, uh, and it's, yeah, five to one. Look, he's, he's, he hits hard. And he's got a good chin. That gives him a chance in any fight. I mean, not in his last eight, admittedly. That's, um, yeah, it's not brilliant. Anyway, uh, I'm also, I'm also going to be taking, there's a, the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, you've got this guy called Usman in there. And it's like, oh my God, what, what prison did they find that dude? Look at him. What prison did they find him in? He's actually the underdog. I'm having a go on that. I'm taking Usman by savagery at five to one. Look at that dude. Heavyweights as well. That's going to be super fun. Definitely tune into that fight because it's heavyweights. He's clearly like not been long out of prison. Look at all those tattoos. That is, that is mental. He just looks so scary. That is a, that's what you want in a heavyweight. You want a heavyweight that incites fear and terror in the hearts of their opponents. Don't get me wrong. The other guy is probably very good because he's actually the favourite in this one. So he must have done something right. I haven't watched any of the Ultimate Fighter this season. Uh, I do apologise. But either way, I, I saw the, their picture and I'm like, yeah, I'm tuning into that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have me some of that. I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, so the Ackers, I've got... Obviously, um, three knockouts, which is uh, Spit, which is Sakai, Luke, and uh, Jamal Hill, all by knockout. So, well, those three on there. That's twenty-eight to one. And then you've got the the, the you've got the triple with Smile and Sam added in there, takes it to one hundred and forty-two to one, which is just a terrible bet. That is absolutely awful. That is my MMA. Uh, scratch card so you, it's like a scratch card you've got about as much chance of winning as a scratch card but you get to watch people punch each other in the face as it goes so i'm going to be going over those bets uh tuesday wednesday next week i've got a couple of stand-up gigs next week so i don't know it might might slow me down slightly but either way until next time keep those odds long and those bets terrible